Hello, and welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Laura Koo. And I'm Heather McGee. Today, we're asking the question, can you put yourself out there on a dating app and still feel safe? everyone. As women who date men, we both feel like we always have to have a safety plan alongside our getting ready checklist when we're going on our first date. But recently, Laura realized that even if you have a safety plan and you are your most nice and polite self, it only takes one wild card date to knock you off kilter. Laura, can you talk exactly about what happened on this particular date? Sure. So I've had kind of a weird summer and this date was definitely part of my strange summer. Um, So a couple of months ago, I went on a date with a guy, a first date on someone I had matched with on a dating app. And I had started to feel a little like iffy about it going into the date. I think Heather had messaged you in our group chat of like, I almost backed out of it because he started asking a couple of questions that made me kind of raise an eyebrow of who this person was. And I also didn't know who he was in real life. Usually I know who someone is because I don't like going into a date in person, not knowing who someone is in the real world. I think that's really important, but on occasion I'm like, Oh, I'll just be old fashioned and I'll go on this date. And that tends to never work out well for me. So I decided to kind of push aside the kind of icky feelings I was starting to have and um, go on the date. During the date, I realized that this is probably not somebody I would like to continue dating. We had fine conversation, whatever, but I I, I knew that it wasn't a, a romantic connection for me. Um, I did go on a walk with him after we got drinks. Um, and again, in hindsight, again, we all make the choices that we make. But I realized that probably wasn't the safest situation. It was dark. It was a little secluded. And later, like after when I was going back to my car, I told him that in hindsight, as a woman, it probably wasn't the safest situation for me to have put myself in. And I was very clear, like, no, I didn't think you were going to murder me tonight, but I don't know you. You're a a new person to me, and I probably shouldn't have gone on that walk with you. And I think the number one reason beyond the fact that I wasn't really that interested in him, but beyond that, I would have never seen this person again because he heard me say that didn't feel like a safe situation to me. And then he went and defended how men get assaulted too. And it was, it was very clear. He didn't understand why I was feeling uncomfortable. So for me, that's a big red flag right there that, cause I know that I have great men in my life who immediately would hear that and go, I'm so sorry. I put you in that position. I realize I hear you. I understand it, you know, it, that won't happen again, or I'll be conscious of that. Yeah. You know, something that I've, I've said that before too, like, you know, I'll go, something will happen on a date and it's with a good man, but it's just you know, you're careful when you're getting to know someone. And I have said that to a few of the men I've dated, they had that same reaction where they immediately were so apologetic and felt so badly about it. And they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for telling me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. And I hope you know that, you know, which I did, but then the ones that are dangerous, they have a very different reaction Mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. That was an immediate, just no for me. So 
you know, we parted ways. There was no talk of any future dates or any future hangouts. He didn't ask me out again. I didn't say, oh, I'll see you again. Like, it was just like, all right, like many first dates I've had where you both walk different directions and you're like, I'm never going to talk to that person again, which is kind of what I thought would happen. But then the next day he texted me and uh, made it clear that he wanted to hang out again that day. And I obviously, you know, wasn't interested. So I very nicely declined. Um, you know, I said kind of a stock answer. It was so nice meeting you, but I don't feel a romantic connection, which is a very common, nice way. Cause I would never point fingers as to why I'm not interested in someone. It's fine just to say it was great to meet up, but probably not, uh, the fit for me and then just move on. And I thought that that's, that would be it, but he responded back and was clearly annoyed and oh, I can't believe that you'd write me off with just a text and um I decided not to respond to that last text because I didn't want to go back and forth I didn't want some negative finger pointing situation or any other interaction I had said very clearly I wasn't interested and I didn't feel a need to continue anything else it, there was nothing threatening in his text he just clearly was surprised or annoyed that I did not want to hang out again so I thought this went away like I think three days passed after that. I didn't hear anything. I'm like, cool, that situation's done. And then I woke up at seven o'clock one morning, was woken up by a text on my phone and it was from him at 7 a.m. And he um, included a screenshot of my address, of where I lived, to let me know that he knew my last name, that I should be more careful in the future and not give out my phone number because I have a family to protect and not every um, man is going to be as kind as he is. And like heart racing, like just cold panic, like what, because it was just, I'm like, is he outside my door? Is he here? Like, has he been thinking about this for days and then chose this moment at this weird time to send me this text? It was so, it was scary and uncomfortable. And it just, I fortunately have not had situations like that in my dating life where I have felt threatened or unsafe in that way. Um, and I was told by friends to call the police. And in my mind, I'm like, that's too much. What are they going to do? I don't know who his last, you know, what, who he is. I don't know his last name. Like all I have is a phone number and that's it. Um, and then I posted about it on TikTok because we know I love TikTok and, um, my post ended up going kind of viral sort of, which was also a really weird experience. And unfortunately the reason it kind of gained so much traction is because so many women have similar stories to share, um, which is just really sad, but everybody was like, call the police, call the police, call the police. So I got on my local mom's Facebook group, um, for the town that he lives in and, um, I was able to post in there and someone recognized him, gave me a last name and I was able to call the police. And eventually I was able to file a report and they kept an eye on my house for a while. And I put up cameras. I did all the things that one would do in that situation. And um, fortunately it has been quiet since then. And again, it's been about two months since all of this happened, but it was definitely a, a wild experience from just, oh, I'm going to go get a margarita with this person to them all of a sudden making me feel really unsafe and uncomfortable in my own home. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was just on the sidelines for that, but it was really, uh, not great hearing you talk through that whole experience and, you know, feeling very out of control. One thing that I thought, I, two things that occurred to me that were really interesting. I mean, the truth is most 
you know, we can just speak for ourselves as women. Most women have been harassed. Most have been stalked. Most have been assaulted. Most have been abused. It's the world we live in. And something that I, something that I've always thought is interesting, this whole dating experience. And you and I have talked about this. We date men, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to be team woman like I am. And I think that we really saw that when you were trying to get help to figure this out, like that Facebook group, all these women got so involved to help Mm -hmm. you figure it out and get you safe. Women that didn't even know you, like they just connected to you on like, they've, they've been through that. I had people offer me a place to stay if I didn't want to stay in my house that night. Um, I mean, just again, complete strangers, but we were all part of the same mom group. And this was also a person in their community. So they were absolutely, you know, like riled up because who, who is this person? Many of them were um, single and on dating apps and people had seen him. I got messages from women saying, this sounds like a guy that my cousin just went out with. Can you share a little bit more information? Cause I want to, you know, you know, share it with her in case it's the same person. Um, people had had negative interactions with him in the community, like his face, um, rung a lot of bells with women who had interacted with him and knew who he was, which was also very telling, um, and scary, quite honestly. Um, but yes, um, to see women rally around in that way. And then in the same way on my TikTok, again, like the, I've had some interesting comments and some trolls and all the things that happen in, you know, social spaces, but, Um, So many was, again, women sharing their stories, their dating safety tips, like that they've been through this, or I mean, some of them are just terrifying. I went on one date with this one person and it's eight years later and he still is harassing me. He's still texting me. He's still showing up at my house, like just terrifying stories that just, it makes me so angry. Well, and I, I know we don't have a lot of men that listen to this podcast, but for the few that do. This is why women are the way they are. Like, just, just ask a few women in your life. Cause they, they'll all tell you, like, we've all been through it. Like, I, I don't know a woman that hasn't, to be honest. Um, yeah. We joke about like our, you know, our bathroom updates when we're on a date or whatever, but that's like a legit thing of, yes, I feel comfortable and safe and where I'm at and everything's okay. Um, so I kind of started to dig into this topic a little bit and thinking about dating safety and online safety and kind of, you know, what information is out there. And I read this, um, Pew research study from 2020 that's focused on online harassment and bullying. And they specifically broke out that, you know, women on dating apps are almost twice as likely as men to be sent sexually explicit messages they didn't request. I know we both have experienced that. They're twice as likely to be continually bothered after saying they were not interested. Clearly, that's a topic that we're talking about tonight. And women are also twice as likely to be threatened to be physically harmed, which is terrifying. Um, And it was also interesting that the younger Um, you are, the more likely you are to kind of experience these things. So they broke out women in the 18 to 34 age bracket, which is a little bit younger than us. Um, 60% of women under 34 were continually pursued after saying no. 60%. That's a lot. Well, and I would, I'd be interested to see some numbers too on, because I have seen studies that identify specifically women who are freshmen in college are the most at risk. For a lot of reasons that I'm sure we can all, you know, put, put two and two together there. I would not be surprised if there's some, I would love to see a study on women that are recently divorced because they tend to be not making the safest choices because you're just not in the right frame of mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And by, and I don't, and I'm not talking about like the fact that many are, are 
going out with a lot of men. I don't mean that. I mean that they are getting, they are agreeing to situations they are not comfortable with because they are not in a position to take care of themselves yet because they are so mentally going through a hard time. And sometimes you're just more naively trusting at that point or speaking for myself. That is definitely the place I was in where I wasn't as concerned about things and who I was meeting and where I was going, because it was just, you know, had been a million years since I had dated and it was just different. The stakes were different and it just, it, I was definitely not making the best choices during that time. And I would guarantee you that some of the men I went out with knew that. Oh yeah. I'm, I same here. Like there are times I thought it was, you know, it's COVID. I was like, yeah, I'll go to your house for a Mm -hmm. first date. What? Like, what was wrong with me? Like, I'm just lucky nothing happened to me, but like, wow, that, that I can't even believe I did that. I, I really can't. Yeah. But I mean, it's not an abnormal, like, again, it's for me, I have such a hard time because I like to balance out like trusting other humans and being able to have faith that someone is who they are. And most of the time I've been pretty right on that and it's worked out fine, but it only takes the one time where it doesn't work out fine. And then you're filing a police report and which I can tell you also felt just kind of yucky, even though, I mean, the other piece of TikTok comments were just this sheer shock and awe that my local police department did anything that they um, would even listen to me or entertain what I was telling them because it wasn't an explicit threat. Nothing had escalated. Um, I'm very, you know, quite honestly, very lucky with where I live that I had an officer who had the time and the interest to come. He came over to my house within a half an hour of me calling and showed me a picture of the person to make sure he had the right person to put on the flyers and walk me through what was going to happen. And I know that's not the experience that most women have, but initially calling about it, I was kind of embarrassed or felt shameful because I was like, oh, I went on this date on Friday and then this happened. And I felt like it was because you feel like it's something that you did. And it's just, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. I remember, well, don't we all do that? Like I was really dumb. I did this. Mm -hmm. Like we actually say that. And the reality is you shouldn't, I mean, we shouldn't have to worry about those things, but we definitely like very much you know, it's all those things women say to themselves. Don't, you know, don't go here after dark. Don't walk alone. Put your keys between your fingers. Like all those things that like is we have to do, you know, even though we shouldn't have to. Yeah. Um, but that made me sad too, looking at your TikTok. Cause that was really the camp of a lot of the comments were me too. That has also happened to me in these horrible stories. And the other ones being so shocked that the cops did anything, which I do. I know that's not what this episode is about, but I do feel like we should just take one second to acknowledge that we are aware that a lot of people do not have positive interactions with the police. We know that. Yeah. And again, this was my first experience ever calling the police for anything, fortunately. And so I didn't know what to expect. And quite honestly, I'll be very honest. The only reason that I had the experience that I had with my local police department is because I live in a teeny tiny upper class suburb. And so our police force spends a lot of time giving people tickets um, for speeding along the road outside of my house. And honestly, like, it's just, if I lived in, in the city, 
no one would have listened to me, but because of where I live, probably because I'm a white woman, because of like, there are a lot of things where I do understand that my experience is not everybody's experience and that I walked away feeling more secure and knowing that the police were going to be driving by my house for the next couple of weeks and keeping an eye and that someone was willing to file a report and all of these things is that's, I know that's not a typical situation at all. Yeah. And well, and too, you know, you touched on something too, a lot at this point, like women that are coming back to the dating pool after getting divorced, dating has changed so much. It's not the same as when you were a kid or when you were in the, in your twenties, there's a lot more men out there. There are a lot more apps. I think the people, the way people approach dating, I actually think is very different. They think they have mm-hmm. an endless supply of women. And so they treat a lot of, a lot. there are a lot of men out there that treat women as disposable. And again, I I'm also acknowledging, we're really talking about heterosexual relationships. Cause that's, that's the extent of our experience. So that's what mm-hmm. we can speak to personally. So we're aware this is through a very particular lens. Um, I mean, I remember when I was in my twenties, I had a, a bad date with someone and he did assault me and it actually, I put so much on myself. It was my fault. Mm-hmm. I went on the date. I agreed to go to his house, you know, like I, I gave him the idea it was okay, but I didn't, you know, and it took me actually 15 years to realize it was an assault. You know, I had said, I mean, I even said no, and you don't have to say no for it to be an assault, but you know, I I don't know. I think it's just dating has changed. Dating really is different. And so I think there are, you know, put together some thoughts of ways to, we shouldn't have to worry about these things, but we do. And there are things you can do to try uh, to keep yourself in a safer spot as much as possible. Um, cause things are different now than they were in your twenties. People, humans are still humans. Um, but dating has changed a bit. And I think there are things we can do to try to help each other, um, to keep each other safe as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think the number one thing to remember is that the dating apps are really just out there to take all of your money when you think that you need to upgrade or, you know, have all of your money. <laughs> that that's all they're really there for. They're not really thinking about, um, safety like there 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 are some veils of like a safety approach that we'll talk about but you know i reported this person on the dating app because i was still matched with him and there was an option to say it was like harassment on a date or after or outside of the app i think was the option and i got the email back and they said that they were looking into it um but we all know that they're likely very likely doing nothing about these situations because we do see people get i think heather you said you reported people and then you see them back yeah. again yeah i mean Gosh, I I have like six or seven stories of men that made me uncomfortable to some degree. Some have come after me. Some like found me in real life and sent me emails Mm -hmm. because of of some that they, you know, they have some perceived insult, which I'm just going to say right now, I did not insult them. They just weren't used to a woman not going along with everything they said. Um, You know, and I have had to report a few that got really aggressive and scared me. As far as I know, none of them have been removed because I have seen them on apps after I reported them and they were serious. I sent screenshots, the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like Tinder, I'll call you out. You especially. I've never, I've had to report, I think three or four men for actually dangerous behavior. One man put his hands on me and we had it like, it was a whole thing. We actually went on a date and I felt very unsafe. Um, reported all these people. They're, they're still on there. No, I think, I mean, Tinder specifically, so they did recently announce that they're partnering with a nonprofit background check platform called Garbo. 
um, so that users can pay $2.50 to run a background check on a match, um, which... <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing like I, I used to do research and I did actual criminal and like all kinds of mm -hmm. background checks on people. They're kind of worthless. Yeah, you'll catch if they've murdered someone. But like, let's get real. Most of the, so many things are never going to show up on a background check. It just feels like a, a kind of a band-aid, like, oh, look at what we're doing. And it's really and also we're like, we're going to make you pay more money to do like yeah, just take more too. of my money, Tinder. Fine, just take it all. Um, so while they are, you know, putting this out there as if this is like a great step forward for their app, I think it's kind of garbage. Um, also the profile verification, like apps like Tinder and Bumble, you can verify your profile by, you know, you take a picture of yourself that gets submitted and they can be see if it matches with your profile picture, so they can say that you're like a real human which I guess is kind of nice from at least a catfishing perspective that maybe this is a real person. I don't know that it makes me like feel safe about the person, but I guess if you're trying to avoid catfish situations, it's good, I guess. Um, we just talked about reporting a profile again, like you're still, I mean, I think that is a good reminder if you've gone to text with someone to at least stay matched with them through the date um, so that if you do want to or need to report them after you're at least still connected because if you've unmatched, then they don't really think you have any avenues to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, there are definitely some dating app safety features. I, I don't believe any of the apps really care about keeping us safe in a real way. Performatively, sure. In a real way, mm, debatable. But I mean, there, there are these features I think can be helpful to kind of give you a clue and just do not forget this is a stranger. I don't care yes. how much internet stalking you've done. I like, no, you don't know this person. So don't, you know, there've been plenty of times where I let my guard down and I was like, damn, they're, they're not at all who I thought there were. Like, no matter how good your radar is, you're going to screw it up sometimes. Yeah. I will say the, the thing that I do like that has come through because of the pandemic is the majority of the major apps have um, built-in video call option, which nine times out of 10 does work. Sometimes I think they're a little wonky, um, but, but that is a nice way to actually, you know, do kind of a FaceTime like call with someone without giving out your phone number if you're not comfortable to do that. Um, and that can be, again, I think nine times out of 10, I would rather do a video call before getting ready and going on a first date. Oh, me too. That was my favorite thing about COVID is like a lot of times the first three dates would mm -hmm. be Zoom calls or FaceTime. I actually loved it. A, because I felt zero pressure to sleep with them. That was back when I was like, you know, like now I'm just like, you know, get out of here. That's not happening. <laughs> but back then when I was like more of a mess, um, I loved it because we could only get to know each other. I felt totally safe. I loved it. And I wish that something like you know, I, I mean, I'm with somebody right now, so it's not going to happen. But if I were to be dating someone, I don't know. I, I just feel like I can't ask for that even. And I kind of miss it. <laughs> I yeah. love that during COVID. Coincidentally. So right when this was happening um, with this date this summer, it's like the date was on a Friday. The initial text exchange with him was on a Saturday. On a Sunday, I matched with the person I'm dating right now. And then two days later, I got this like harassing text after. So this guy that I'm dating, we kind of met in the middle of this kind of chaos. And so our first like 
date or whatever was through the Bumble FaceTime, Bumble video call feature, um, which I'm, again, I'm usually pretty easy about giving out my number because I've never had any negative repercussions of it other than you can't just unmatch, unmatch and ghost out of there if you want to because they've got your phone number. Um, but in this instance, I hadn't given out my number yet. And we did a video call through the app and it was great and easy. And again, if it hadn't felt like a thing, then it would have been just like one less person and saved in my phone, um, which is also my problem. I think I have like four Michaels in my phone right now and I don't know who any of them are. So I need to do a little bit of a clean out. Um, but anyway, yeah. at least at least that video call thing is easy. And because it's there front and center in the app, I don't think anybody should feel uncomfortable asking to do that. Because again, just for the fact that so many first dates are kind of duds, it's nice to kind of weed people out before you like get ready and go out. Yeah. Well, and you know, this is a mis- I will call it a mistake. And it's something that I stopped doing at a certain point for the most part. And every time I have not followed this self-imposed guideline, I've regretted it. Don't give out your phone number. I- I'm going to say this. I don't usually tell people what to do, but don't give out your phone number until you've at least met them one time in person, because I, there are so many times I've regretted doing that. As soon as they have your phone number, unless it's a Google voice phone number, you're giving them a big piece of information to find you. And if they're not a great guy, it's, mm, you're, it's just opening up a loophole. And really why do that? You don't need to do that. You can talk through the app. There's nothing special that happens if you give them your phone number on apps like Bumble. You can even send pictures. Like there's just no reason to do that. And I can tell you every time, almost every time I've sent my phone number before meeting them, at least half the time I've regretted it. Up until recently, I hadn't really had an issue with this, um, but I will say you can kind of tell the difference if somebody, if you've been tech messaging so much, like sometimes it is nice to not message through the app, but you can tell if somebody's being pushy about trying to get your number or trying to get you off the app, like pay attention to like how quickly that comes up or how it's said or kind of where they're leading. And yeah, hundred percent, like don't give out anything that you don't want to give out. Like there's no reason that you need to. Yeah, that's for sure. So what are some of the like, so those are some of the app features. Again, we don't love, I am so jaded and like, whatever, the apps don't really care about our safety, but there are some tools in those apps you can use, which we just talked about. So what are some of the like self-implemented safety measures that we can talk about that might be helpful? I think there's a lot as far as like, just like what you put on your profile. Um, I would say the majority of the people that I've gone out with Because again, I think there's the caveat that men often aren't quite as concerned about shielding their identity from potential stalkers on a dating app, whereas women are, I think, more often more conscious of that, or that's what our experience has been. So I'll see like a company name and a job title and where you went to school. I can find you in about 30 seconds. So if you don't want to be findable, like if you have a really unique name and you live in a small community, maybe use a nickname or a first initial until you establish that somebody feels more comfortable to you or, you know, don't, you don't have to be super transparent with everything about yourself on a dating profile. Yeah. Well, the thing too, I think I've perfected this art. Find out their last name before a first date, just so you know, and also so you can share that with your friends. I think I've perfected the art of this because I think a lot of times people are like, well, how can I ask for their last name in a way that isn't weird? Mm -hmm. And the way I have always done it, it's been, hey, you know, we'll exchange numbers and I'll say, 
So, you know, what's your last name? Or do you want to be, you know, Eric Tinder in my phone? <laughs> you know, like I'll make a kind of a joke about it. You know, that I'm putting my contact in there in my phone, which I am because hello, I might have five Eric Tinders in there and I would, you know, let, let's try to differentiate a little bit. So it is helpful for organization. Um, but I, I really do think you need to know their last name, you know, especially because there've been times, you know, in the past Laura, when you and I were going on a number of dates, Hey, I'm going out with this person. This is their picture. This is their name. This is where we're going. If you don't hear from me or if something seems off, just FYI, I want you to have this information. Yeah. I'm usually pretty good at figuring out who they are, except for this instance and another instance where the man ended up being married. Um, so whenever I try and be old fashioned and not know who somebody is in the real world and find out on the date, I find out after the fact that they're not good people. But um, yeah, I tend to in the past have shied away from like asking this question if I didn't already know that information. But now, like if I'm out on the apps again in the future, my um I wouldn't be afraid to ask just based on this recent experience. Like I'd be pretty upfront. And again, what I've learned too, like the men who I want in my life are the ones who are going to be empathetic and hear me and understand of why I'm asking you that question. Yeah. I mean, you know, I listened to a different podcast uh, episode, on a different podcast, and I'm so all in on this. The advice that particular host said, don't be afraid to be a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. you know, and I love that. Because yeah, I need to know your last name and I'm very open about it. Like sometimes someone will joke, be like, oh, so you can Google me. And I said, hell yeah. Yes, I am. I am going to Google you. Cause you know what? Like you and I have talked about this. Like it's not a small number of men that I have found have felonies that are Mm -hmm. actually married that have some sort of thing going on where I'm like, wow, no, I don't want to be anywhere near you in person. Yeah. You know, and I'm very open about it and I have no shame about it. I'm not trying to hide it. There's, you know, I'm very transparent and I, you know what I love? One of my dates, it's now my friend, we went on our first date and he actually made a joke about it. He was like, oh yeah, I Googled the hell out of you. And he like <laughs> listed this whole thing. And I was like, you're just like me. He's like, yes, I am. I had to make sure I wasn't going out with a felon or someone who was going to ax murder me. So yeah, I looked you up all over the internet six ways to Sunday. I was like, oh, okay. This is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I don't know people that don't understand that. Like, I don't know if I want to date them, to be honest, like men that don't understand that women like do that. And it's out of concern for their own personal well-being. I, I don't know if I want to date that guy. Cause clearly he doesn't get it. Doesn't want to get it. And if you're our age and you don't understand that you haven't been paying attention. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Like, I'm not going to apologize for ensuring that I feel safe and comfortable dating somebody. Um, Yeah. So I think you touched on this a little bit. So like before you actually go out on the date, um, again, telling someone where you're going, who you're going with, what their picture is, what their name is, whatever information you have um, is, you know, just a helpful, easy thing to do. If you have a couple of friends, ideally those that are local to you so that you also have someone locally who's aware of what you're doing and who you're going out with. When I first started dating um, after my divorce, my plan was our friend, Kristen, who's not on this podcast because she's in love. Um, she would know who I was going out with. And then she had the phone number of one of my guy friends here um, in case something happened, but I didn't want to bog him down with all of my dates I was going on because that felt excessive. So she, I would do my safety checks with her. And if something wasn't okay, then her instructions were to contact him. Whatever you have to do, just put something in place so that people in the world, especially like you live alone, 
someone needs to know that you didn't come home that night, quite honestly, because I think about that a lot, especially when you've gone from being married for a number of years, living with people before that, you probably had roommates, like getting divorced. And when you don't have your kids with you is the first time you have probably lived alone in a number of years. And so thinking about that, like who's going to know if I'm not back here. I will say, and it's funny that we are making a joke on a very serious episode, but our friend, our third friend and myself in the past have gotten very angry at Laura because she will be late with her bathroom update. We'll be like, where are you? Are you dead? Are you in a gutter? What is happening? You You know, and then finally we'll get, usually we'll get a text at like, I don't know, 11 o'clock, not dead. We'll text you later. Like, okay. Heading to my car. I'll let you know how I am when I get home. I just never go to the bathroom and I never make up reasons to go to the bathroom because I'm having a conversation on a date. And I, sometimes the dates know that I do a safety check and I'll tell them and whatever, but sometimes I just lose track and I'm sorry. Um, is what it is. Um, this was one thing that I learned on my TikTok comments. Um, take a, which is, it's also like a sad tip, but it is also relevant. Like have a recent picture of yourself and make sure a friend has it. So if something does happen, which is awful, like somebody has recent pictures, especially if you're not like us and you don't have like 8,000 selfies on your um, social media, <laughs> like Heather and I are both guilty of, we have plenty of recent pictures available, but if you are not like us and you aren't doing that, um, make sure that somebody has a current picture of you available. I think that somebody could probably create a 360 model of me using my (laughs) recent selfies. (laughs) It's a thing, but not everybody is doing that. So just in case, um, I thought that was helpful. And then something I haven't done before, but I probably will do just in general in life, but it's good for dating as well, is making sure that You share your phone's location with friends or family. Um, I think there are also a lot of a wide variety of safety apps that can have different features related to this of just being able to location share. Yeah. I mean, I thought of this just like recently, A, because I was thinking about what happened to you, but then also I'm running a marathon soon and my sister's coming to town and it's hard to track and it's all kind of ridiculous. But then I thought about that. I was like, you know, that would probably just as someone living alone, you know, I'm not dating and the person I'm dating, I feel certain is not going to ax murder me. But just in general, as someone who lives alone, you know, like if you get a tile or something and then share it with a few mm-hmm. trusted friends and family. So, you know, they know where you are. And I, I would even say something like that might be good because a phone can die. Yep. Valid. So this yeah. is also sad. This is making me real sad talking about all this, but they are good ideas. We're all sad. Let's set that to the side for a moment and talk about, you know, these are things that hopefully can be helpful. Well, also like not to be like super sad, but that runner that in Tennessee, who, um, I know a lot, I I think Heather, we're in a lot of similar running Facebook groups as well. And so there's been a lot there about a lot of these safety apps and different things that you can use when you're going on a run. And so that's something, I think there are some specific to running. So someone knows when you start and when you make it back home, also something I was reading in there that I never thought about, I guess women aren't supposed to run with ponytails. And I'm assuming that means because you can get grabbed by it, something I had never thought about. So I don't care if you're dating or if you're just living your life. Like, unfortunately, these are things that women do have to think through. Yeah. Oh gosh, this is all feeling really heavy. All right. Well, let's talk about what we should do to be safe when we're on a date. If we all right, we're gonna keep all going. the hoops to make keep it watch- actually 
to the date. <laughs> yeah, keep walking into the heavy, y'all. We're going to keep going until we're all the way through this. All right. Don't let your date pick you up at your house um, and meet in a public place. Um, we have both um, broken that rule. Although I feel like the men who have picked me up at my house have brought flowers and that feels safe to me. But in hindsight, probably not the safest choice. I know. Well, I mean, we've talked about like, it's kind of funny. Like, I think sometimes we make these choices because like I, you and I, you know, we both assume for the most part that someone has good intentions and we've had mostly good experiences, mm-hmm. but all t- honestly though, like I, what I one. will say, it just takes one. Yeah. And there is one, there's always one, you know, and usually there's more than one, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, like there was that time on a first date, I met someone in a park after dark, like what was I wrong? I did with not me? like that. I was Why like, I do what that? are you doing? And I, I had matched with that person too. And I saw his profile again. I was like, no, like he seems scary from his profile. I was like, what are you doing going in the dark park with that? Man? Yeah, that was a mistake that was, but then he asked to drive me home and I said, no. So I did make a good decision on the back end. <laughs> I think you're lucky that turned out and that he kind of just like faded away after that. Um, You were lucky there. Um, Don't let your date order a drink for you in advance. Always see your drink poured. I had this experience with someone that I um, dated right after my divorce. I dated him for a couple of years and he's a safe person. He's a kind person, but our first date and I get there and we met at a wine bar and he had a glass of wine poured for me. I'm sitting there waiting. And later I told him, I'm like, you shouldn't have done that. It was nice of you, but I need, as a woman, I need to see my drink poured. Like it just having it sit there isn't safe. Um, and as a nice man, he went, oh my goodness. I didn't even think of that. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know we don't want to like give kudos to men for like things that they should just know, but like, I do appreciate men where you can be like straight with them about stuff like that. And they don't get upset. They Mm -hmm. don't get defensive. They know you're not calling them a bad person. You're just sharing with them. And it's an opportunity for them to learn a little bit more. I mean, I think the more good men that can understand more about what we deal with all the time, I think that the better, I mean, the better, you know? Yeah. Um, Okay. So another thing, have someone you check in with on text during and after the date. So they know you are safe. We talked about this a little bit before bathroom updates, just communicate. You live alone, probably communicate with people that love you so that they know where you're at. And I think also to like, take it a a little step further. Like we always joke again about our bathroom updates in the middle of a date or whatever. It's probably also good to let someone know that like you're leaving and going to your car on your way home, because that's also an important of like, it's fine. People know when the date starts, but they're not necessarily going to know when the date ends. And I think that is helpful information to share. Yeah. Well, and also like to anyone who's listening that maybe isn't dating, don't be judgy about your friend's choices that you don't understand because that's a great way for them to not talk to you. And like, I I think our friend group is really great about like we open, we're open communicators and we'll be like, "Mm, I don't know if you should do that, but you know, Mm -hmm. have fun. Um, I think that we, that hits a really good note where we are honest with each other, but there have also been times where like, Hey, everything's good. I'm going to their house. This is where it is. And we know we're not going to judge each other. Um, but you know, we also tell each other where we're at so that we can help if needed. And as we've seen, there have been times where that's been necessary. We both had bad experiences from here, here and there. Your most recent experience was definitely the worst, but I'm just glad that like, we know where each other is. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. Um, I think there's also something that came up again in the wide variety of TikTok comments um, because I got, you know, some judgment. I got judgment about a lot of things because that's what happens on TikTok and people want to just share their opinions. Um, But there were some, you know, suggestions that I should have told this guy then and there that I wasn't interested, which to me generally doesn't feel like a safe choice to put it out there. But if, if you're in a situation that, because my situation, nothing escalated in person. It was all just like, this guy's kind of a weirdo, but like seemed harmless enough, but that's not always the case. And you might be on a date with someone who is making you feel very uncomfortable then and there. And there's always a good option to, you know, if you're at a bar, like those bartenders, they have seen everything, they have handled everything, and there are ways to let them know that you are uncomfortable, um, that you want someone to walk you out to your car. They will absolutely do that. Yeah, I mean, that that is one thing I do want to encourage people. I think women are, I mean, I'm not saying this exactly right. We are really bad about feeling embarrassed mm-hmm. that we got ourselves into a situation. Let that go. If you need help, please ask for it. I mean, especially if you're at a bar, those bartenders have like, guess what? You're not the first person that's need help, needed help there. So yeah, ask for help if you need it, please. Yeah. There was one bar I read about. I don't know if it was in Miami or somewhere and they have different shots that you can order that tells the bartender that you need help. And it's like the way you order it is either that like you want to be walked out or you want like there were like three different options or something, um, which is also sad that that exists. But again, it's because they have seen things play out that are not good and they want to be an ally and, and be helpful. And I think also it's just a piece of making it really easy because I'm the type of person who feels bad and I don't want to be a bother and I don't want to be too much like calling the police about my situation initially because our friend Kristen was like, call the police. And I'm like, should I? I don't know. Because that to me feels like so much. And I and like, what are they going to do for me? And that's too much. And it's bothersome and all of this stuff. And then it took a lot of people basically yelling at me and saying like, no, you need a paper trail. You need to do this or whatever, because my instinct isn't to to do that. My instinct is to be nice and to be agreeable and to not like make a fuss. Well, I'm, I'm going to build on that too. So here we're talking a lot about things you can do to try to make yourself a little bit safer, even though you shouldn't have to do these things, but we are talking about things, trying to prevent things from happening. I'm also going to dive just for a second into bad things have happened to most, if not all women and some multiple times. I'm also going to say on the back end of that, if someone comes to you and they want to talk to you about it, please listen to them. Please let them talk. Don't say things like, oh, that's so hard for me to hear. Stop. Do not do that. Listen to them. Let them talk it out. Support them. I am so sorry that happened to you. You know, how are you feeling about that now? Some questions you can ask. How are you feeling about that now? You know, is there anything I can do to help you? I can just sit here and listen if you would like. Like, please let me know if there's anything I can do to help. And just sit there and listen. Don't shut them down. I'm, you know, I'm never going to forget. I think the first time that I told someone what had happened to me, the response I got, and it was from a man, I've got enough of my own problems. I don't need to hear about this. I shut down immediately. It took me a long time to bring it up. I brought it up to some girlfriends. They all know. And they were all, you know, immediately we swarm in to support each other. So I'm also going to bring that up here. 
safety is like, a, it's a whole thing. It's a 360 thing. And guess what? The women in your life, it ha- something has happened to them. I'm going to guarantee that to you. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, am I someone that is supportive of them or am I leaving them, hanging them out to dry? You know, where, because the fact is no one's talking to you about it. You're probably sitting off uh, some vibes that you don't care. Well, and you're I'm not a safe person to talk to about it. I had someone in my life, a man, um, who I care for and is an important person in my life, but their response to this story was, wow, you really know how to pick them. Okay. Like, I'm like, wow, that's, that's making a really serious thing. Just a joke. Yeah. And I'm just like, cause again, it felt embarrassing and I hadn't done anything. And so it made me feel like, you know, embarrassed about what was going on in my life. But on the flip side of that, the person that I'm dating now, um, again, he came right in the beginning of this and I, you know, we had just, it was, yeah, it was just our first, um, Bumble FaceTime call was the night before I got this text. That was the timeline. And so the next morning he like texts me in the morning and he's so just like, I had, I'm having the best morning. How are you? And he was so happy. We'd had a fun call the night before. And I was like, well, I'm having a terrible morning. And I like, I let him know a little bit of what was going on, but I didn't share the screenshots with him at that point. I was just like, and someone kind of harassed me over text that I'd gone on a date with. And I'm like, kind of freaked out. And he immediately was just like, if you want to talk about it, I'm here. If you don't, I'll just try and make you laugh. And, you know, and later he was like, if you're not into this right now, like dating because of what's going on, I understand you let me know you take the lead and I will, you know, do whatever feels comfortable to you, which I thought was him handling it very well. And while that was great internally, I'm like, does this person think that my life is messy and chaotic because this is happening? Even though, because again, I felt this guilt around it, even though I hadn't done anything, <laughs> like had nothing yeah. to do with me, but I felt embarrassed that I've met this new person who I knew I was going to like pretty quickly and it seemed nice and sweet and whatever. And then here I am with my messy drama and he doesn't know that that's, if that's normal for me or not. And I just got so embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I'm really passionate about this subject because, you know, I can think of another friend that she tried to, someone she was dating, she tried to bring up some things that were pretty serious in her life. She started to talk about it. She said, you know, I have a, a traumatic event that I feel like we're at a point where I should share that with you. He cut her off and said, oh, well, I, I thought trauma was if you get, and these are his words. I know this is a little bit harsh. I thought trauma is if you get raped or if you get beaten up or abused. She was done talking at that point Mm -hmm. because he shut her down. And so that is one thing I will say to people out there who are either allies, or if someone comes to you and they clearly have something they want to talk to you about, please be careful not to shut them down. Cause guess what? They're not coming back to you. I mean, I still have regret. Someone in my life came to me 20 years ago and asked me a question. And they said, you know, I had something I wanted to talk to you about. I misunderstood what they wanted to talk about. Turned out it was really serious. And I found out about it 20 years later. Mm-hmm. He wanted to talk about it. And I accident and I accidentally shut him down, but it was because I wasn't really listening. So pay attention if someone's coming to you and there is a serious air to it. Please put down whatever you're doing. Don't turn them away because guess what? You're not getting a second chance. And they're coming to you because you're who they want to talk to about it. And that's your opportunity to try to help them. And if you care about them, you will put down whatever you're doing and listen to them. And so that's something I think everybody can do better. 
don't go in there. I would actually say, stop talking. Don't say anything. <laughs> just listen to them. Um, because this is probably the, just what you said. We all feel guilty about it. I got assaulted and felt like it was my fault, which is so bonkers. Mm-hmm. It, and that's normal. I like, I think almost everyone feels that yeah. way. And so to say those words out loud is actually very difficult because none of us wants, no, nobody wants to talk about it. So if someone comes to you with something to say, you really need to pay attention to that and listen, because if you miss it, they're not coming back. Well, we get so much piled on us too, of like, where were you? What, what did you choose to do? What were you wearing? And like TikTok comments on mine were, well, you were too nice to him in that text, or you should have said this, or you should have done that. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because he shouldn't have done what he did. That is what it is. It doesn't matter what the situation was. And like, again, in my situation, if I had promised to go on a thousand dates with him and then change my mind later, it was my choice to change my mind later because that's how dating works and no one's entitled to anything. And I feel like so much of this, it's like so much gets pushed on women and choices and what you're doing and nothing with like these men who feel entitled to something. There's something's owed to them. Oh gosh. Yeah. You're using that word. And it is so true. I mean, like I've even had a, a couple men who are no longer in my life. It's that, it's that one problematic man in my life that all, he's all the bad mm-hmm. stories. He felt entitled to my body hands down. And that's really the case with a lot of men that you meet. They feel entitled to say things to you. They feel entitled to your time. They feel entitled to your body. They feel entitled to this, that, and the other. And I think to a degree, a lot of women believe that. Like, you know, to a very deep level, like maybe if someone asked me straight out, I would say, no, of course he's not entitled, but then you look at my actions and they don't match, you know? And so I think that's some really deep programming that a lot of us need to work on. And I think it takes a lot of time and, you know, and all those people out there that say things like, well, why didn't you tell someone? Why didn't you go to the police? Why did you do this, that, and the other? It's like, get out of here. You don't get it at all. And it's like, they don't get it to such a deep level like, I don't think you can even explain it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Frustrating. I'm getting all riled up. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about using our intuition. Um, <laughs> slightly, maybe lighter topic. I don't know, but I do feel like there's a lot of, we can do all of these things and we can, we can run a background check and we can, you know, Google them and we can have a FaceTime call and we can do all of these things. Right. Um, but there's like a piece of, does this feel like a good situation you're going into or not? Because I can go back in time and hindsight for my situation was a hundred percent. I should have canceled that date. And he may still have come after me and done something, but if I could go back, like what I was seeing and sensing was a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. I I'm a little haunted by, it. I know we had a conversation. I think it was the day of, cause you and I have talked about before we're real hesitant to cancel dates on the day mm-hmm. of, cause it is really last minute you feel rude. Um, but I feel like in your case, it was a little bit different. Like, and I think we all knew it too. You're like, I just have a little feeling of being unsure about going on this date. And it's not like whether I'm interested, it's more of a, he seems a little off. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, there was, I mean, like it was the one text that I got I think it was like the day before the date. And he was like, when's your birthday? And I'm like, uh, why are you asking? And he's like, I was born in this month. And so, which was coming up and he's like, we should go to Mexico for my birthday. And I was like, 
like I let it sit for a while because I was like, I don't even, I don't even, I don't know how to, how to respond to that. It just felt just odd and uncomfortable. And so, but I brushed it off and he and I actually talked about that on the date. I was like, yeah, you, cause what did he talk about on the date? Mexico. He talked about going to Mexico on this date. Like, so he was serious. I think he was testing the waters to see if I wanted to plan a trip with him a hundred percent. And I told him like, yeah, I was a little thrown off when you texted that. Cause I think I had paused for a very long time before I responded. And anybody who texts with me knows that I'm like a rapid fire responder. And so um, I think he knew that like I was pausing. And so on the day he's like, yeah, I kind of wonder if, if I had messed up. And I was like, you kind of did because I wanted to not go on this date after you said that because it was so weird. It was so weird. Yeah, that set off your radar pretty good. Yeah, and I think there are, you know, beyond like weird, let's go to Mexico text. Um, there are other things that, you know, can kind of give you a peek into who you're interacting with. Like, how are they responding when you ask real questions about their life that are completely okay questions to ask um, when you're kind of getting to know someone? Are they open? Or are they turning it back around? Are they avoiding? Are they changing the subject? Because um, usually that's a sign that they don't want to be truthful about themselves or there's something that they don't want you to know. Yeah, I, I will not screw around with that. Like as previously stated, I don't care. And you know, if they don't like it, then they're not the person for me. I am so open. You can ask me anything and I will be candid with you. And like, there are some basic things though, obviously you don't want to reveal things too early, mm-hmm. but things like, you know, like asking them questions about who they are. Like I, I, I have noticed when they're like super vague about their life, when they're mm-hmm. leaving things out, you know, and that can mean anything. It, maybe they're not going to hurt you, but maybe they're married. You know, like you can just tell when someone is like being vague and you feel like there's like a, a big wall between mm-hmm. you and basic information about this person. And I just, I, I have always been like, I'm out of here. I, like, I don't want to screw with that. Like, that's annoying. I I know that I'm a safe person. I'm not asking you anything invasive. And it's not like they even directly say, hey, you know, I just liked, there was one person. Okay, Sean, the smoke show. Or I said, oh, I, I did the joke. And I said, hey, I'm putting you on my phone. You know, mm-hmm. do you want to be Sean Hinge? And he was like, well, he was like, actually, you know, I, I don't give out my last name until we actually meet in person, if that's okay. I was like, absolutely. Like he didn't ignore it. Like he directly mm-hmm. answered it and he gave a very valid reason. But then there are people that like, just, they act like you didn't even say anything. And like, I don't like that. It's just weird. Yeah. I think you either need to address it. And so, yeah, if someone's being really weird on message, either they're just really boring or don't know how to hold a conversation or they're hiding something. And most of the time is they're boring and hiding something. <laughs> it's both. Um, it's both. It's they're awesome. terrible in all ways. <laughs> um, you know, I think there's also the piece that I kind of experienced with this person this summer, um, kind of getting too familiar too quickly. And for me, it's a hard thing to like, really describe, but I can sense with the way someone's texting with me where you can tell they almost feel like they know me too well already, but we haven't met yet. Like there's just a certain tone. There's a certain way that questions get asked. And this guy definitely like that also kind of my radar went off around that because it's just, it wasn't anything bad. It was just too familiar and it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about this last winter. I went on a date with someone who we actually had some really good rapport. I thought he was an interesting guy, 
Uh, but he touched me too much. Like this was a first date and he put his hand on my knee and he like touched my necklace and it made me feel uncomfortable. I was like, well, you're just like getting close to the line, but you're not all the way there. But then we were walking to our cars. And by that point, I was like, this is not, he was too touchy feeling. I was like, no, this, you are too familiar. This feels not great. And then I remember we stood in a window watching a basketball game and he started putting his hands in my hair. And I just froze, I, you know, and I still, I know there's going to be people out there saying, well, why didn't you tell him to stop? Because I was afraid he was going to get mad and yell at me or something would happen. Like, don't say that to me. And plus you weren't like in an establishment. You were like outside. Right. So yeah, I was out on the street and it was an empty street. There was nobody out there. Nope. And I actually leaned away and he took a step closer to me and kept doing it. He felt entitled to my body. And Mm -hmm. that's like, it happens every day. Yeah, you know, and we you just, just like, you just get the date over with and yeah. you smile and you get through it. And then you like game plan from there. Yeah. I mean, I'll share that too, with the men out there that have not been through this type of situation themselves. That's also what happens at a certain point. You think about surviving the situation, whether it's like a simple, like, I don't think you're going to kill me, but you might get mad to being full on assaulted you just get through it and try mm-hmm. to get out alive. Like I'm, that's, that's how that works. Like this whole idea of, well, just tell them no and they'll stop. No, that's not yeah. how it works. That is not how it works. So, you know, just FYI, if you didn't know that before. Yeah. Because you're better off having that conversation later over text of, you know, what I tried to do The it was so fun meeting up. It was so great, but blah, 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 whatever you want to say to just like not see that person again versus having to reject them in person. Yeah. When you don't know how they're going to react. Yeah. I mean, like that's very normal for women to do. And I will say, I saw the text you sent to him. It was a very normal text that you have sent many times to many men and many men have sent to you as well. And yes. most of the time the response is, all good. It was nice meeting you. Best of luck out there. Best of luck out there. That's normally what happens. A hundred percent. So yeah, I think this all goes back to that idea that was mentioned earlier. These are all strangers. They're strangers. I don't know them. You don't know them. You're just getting to know them. You've met them for two hours. Like, what do you know about their anger or any, or how they handle rejection or anything else? You don't know anything about them. Um, so just know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're making me think of, so the person I'm dating now is incredibly good with boundaries and consent and is very aware of those things. And I still remember, we didn't kiss each other till our third date. And I remember I brought that up as like a joke later. And he was like, well, I mean, we didn't really know each other. I didn't know if that was okay. And I didn't want to take a chance of doing something that I wasn't absolutely sure was wanted at that point. Mm -hmm. And I kind of really appreciated that. You know, like, I, you know, and I'm not saying like spontaneity is like great, you know, and, and all of those things, but like, it's been interesting dating someone who actually does think about those things. Like, you know, I, I have dated a few men that I'm not going to say consent was their strongest suit. Yeah, I definitely had to be, I was, I, I think I was the one to make the first move with my current relationship in part because again, he wanted to be so careful and he wasn't sure. And he knew all this had been going on. And so I'm pretty sure that like, I kissed him first because I was like, you're not going to kiss me. But in hindsight, like that's why he wasn't going to kiss me first. Um, And I respect that. That's fine. I would rather it be play out that way than 
someone kiss me that I don't want to have kiss me. I definitely had a date when I was first dating after my divorce and it was just like a boring date. Like he was just kind of a dud. And I thought that was pretty clear that we had no connection and we went outside and it's like snowing in Chicago, but it's like the snow that's like blowing towards your face. It's like sleet snow. And this man kisses me and it's like snowing into my eyes. And I did not expect him to kiss me. Like I was not interested, but also like I'm getting pelted in my eyeballs with sleet. And I was like, this is terrible. And I didn't consent to this. I don't want to do this. And that man didn't even walk me to my car in the parking garage. He got in his vehicle that was right there and he said, good night. And then I walked in heels in the snow at 11 o'clock at night on a deserted street to a parking garage. Well, that just all sounds very romantic it and wonderful. It was a rough date from start to finish, for sure. Um, the snow, but then on the flip side, like, did I really want to walk with him anymore? No, I did not. Um, but it was, there was no consent involved in that kiss and I did not like it. So if it has to be the other way, like, that's fine. Or you can all okay. have a conversation about it and decide if you want to kiss and that's okay too. I would prefer that, you know, over the alternative. Yes. Um, I think we also, we already talked about this, but um, again, someone who's pushy to get you off of the app and onto text or onto Snapchat or onto whatever somebody tries to um, push you onto to talk um, to them. If you are not comfortable giving out your phone number, don't do it or use a Google voice number or another text app, um, which you also can explain that's what you're doing. I think we kind of think of it as you Google a number and nothing comes up and it's pretty easy to tell if it's a Google voice number, but I think it is also okay to say like, this is the number that I use for dating. Cause like you can be transparent and like, ask me questions. That's fine. But like, I'm not going to give out my last name and I'm yeah. not going to give them out my real phone number. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I never lied. I was always like, this is what I'm doing. And this is why. And I'm like, honestly, I don't think anyone should ever be embarrassed about taking whatever measures you think you need to take to feel safe. Well, as safe as you can. Yeah. Or just use this podcast as reference. I listened to this podcast and they told me not to do this. So I'm following (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really any man that like doesn't get it. I don't think he's for you. No, that's the thing too. And again, I reference this, but like I have absolutely great men in my life who are good friends or men that I've dated. And when you see that and you see how they respond to these situations, when they hear these stories, I'm like, well, that's how men should be. And that is because there are great ones out there who get it, who have women in their life that they value. And if they value those women, they'll value you too. And if they're not, then they're probably garbage. (laughs) Like they don't value anyone in their life because you can't say that you value your mom or your sisters or whoever, but you don't value the person that you're going on a date with. Yeah. Agree. All right. So what do you think about security systems and cameras and things like that? Is that overkill or do you think that's a good thing? I didn't have anything before this in part because I live in a sleepy little suburb and um, I was going to get a security system when I moved here. And then I'm like, but I'm home all the time. And my thought, because my thinking of security system was more of protecting your house when you're away. And I hadn't really thought about, you know, I know you're making faces at me because you live in the city and it's different. I used to live in the city and I thought about it differently, but I don't anymore. And so my mindset is just, I don't want someone breaking in when I'm gone, even though I really have nothing of interest to steal. But like, that's where my mindset is. After this, I was like, um, hi, like I want some sort of protection or whatever. I mean, even the police officer, he's like, don't, this isn't like an official 
advice, but you can go to Costco and buy this brand of camera and put them up. And like, he was giving me advice on what to do, which I thought was very sweet. Um, also for anybody on TikTok who wanted to know if he was single and that maybe I could date him after, and he did have a wedding ring on. That was also a very like comment, um, but he was very nice. Um, I, but I, <laughs> I immediately got a ring doorbell and then um, some other ring cams around my house so that I can at least like keep an eye, which made me feel, I mean, initially, I mean, I overnighted that um, doorbell like immediately so I could get it up because I was so skeeved out in my house. And like, I was, I knew what his car looked like. And so I'm like looking for it on my street, peeking out the window. I didn't want to go in my backyard. Like I was very, very uncomfortable. So having cameras up definitely um, was kind of a, a nice addition to my home. Yeah. All right. So what are some like overall takeaways from this experience of being a woman? I mean, the fact that this happens to every woman for the most part is what I have learned on TikTok. It's happening to everybody. And some of these men are relentless, which is really scary. And there are not a lot of resources. I mean, I think that the learnings here are, again, you can do whatever you can do and you can be careful. And I don't think you should not put yourself out there in the world because I think it is important to put yourself out there. Um, and that's all valid and good. But on the flip side, there's not a lot of recourse for any of this stuff happening. And that's where it's really scary. Like there aren't, there's not a lot that can really be done for you to help you if you're being harassed in these ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel really lucky when I first started dating after divorce that nothing bad happened to me. Actually the bad stuff happened later somehow, like the aggressive men that would be mm -hmm. mean to me and like track down my email and all those things. I don't know. I, you know, I, I would say I'm not the most trusting person when it comes to, I mean, you can like, people can call me names or whatever, but like, I'm just not like, I'm sorry. This stuff happens to all of us. It's happened to me multiple times at a certain point, you like become more and more careful. And I, I do think about when I first started dating, like I, I made some choices. I don't think we're all that great. I really don't. And no, you know, I, nothing happened to me and I should be able to do whatever I want. Nothing bad happened to me. Yes. That is that's the should, but that's not the world we live in. Yeah. I mean, I've made a million terrible decisions, but I mean, many of them are on this podcast. I don't, I mean, there are many episodes where I'm like, he picked me up at my house or I went here. I did like, there's, there are plenty of things that, you know, I choices I have made and that it's just what it is. We're human and we're not perfect. And there is that balance where again, I'm a more trusting person. And so I tend to err on the side of you know, looking at what kind of checking off the boxes of what my comfort level is with things like knowing who someone is in real life and kind of some, some basic background and what's the vibe and how are they on message or whatever. But beyond that, it's like, yeah, I want to be able to trust people out there, but the reality is no, like that's not infallible and things are going to happen. And like with anything else, with any relationship, you can only control yourself and you can't control the actions of anybody else. Yeah. I mean, probably one thing I would say, because I know a lot of our audience is women, and I'm just going to guess almost all of you have had some bad stuff happen to you. Like maybe a lot of you have kept it inside and there's not anyone you can talk to about it, or you've tried to talk to someone about it and they shut you down. Um, you know, I, I guess just raise a hand that can see you. And, you know, I, I hope 
that you find someone you can talk to about it. I hope that you've been able to do some work to heal from it. And it wasn't your fault. It really wasn't. All right. Well, that was a lot. Yeah. I'm getting all (laughs) emotional now. (laughs) I mean, I just like, I hate it. I think about like our daughters and my friends and I just get so angry with some of their stories, you know, and it's, it's like the whole range. It's like the little things that happen every day to full on horrible, horrible stuff that's happened to them. And I just, I get really angry mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, and I think no. probably what we can do is be there for each other, vote well, yeah. you know, and, and you know, I, all we can do is hope that things will get better. And, you know, I am thankful for the people in my life who do get it and they are trying to make a positive difference as much as they can. Mm-hmm. More jokes next week. We're going right, to yes. do like a full of jokes episode next we'll time. We'll be funnier next time. But I think we covered a lot of very important things. Um, and again, like, it's so funny to me that I thought I was having this like really free and fun summer. And I've had a few things happen this summer that haven't been so great. And this was like on the heels of something else I had going on. And I was just like, can I just like not like... I know it was not the summer you thought it would be. It was not the summer I thought it would be in so many different ways, but like this definitely was not on my agenda, but again, this is terrible, but it's also not a surprise. Like I think you date enough people and unfortunately you're going to get one bad, at least one bad apple in the bunch. And I've dated plenty of people. And so unfortunately, like this is kind of what comes from it. But again, like I said, I wouldn't change anything about putting myself out there about dating. Um, although I say that I was ready to go on kind of a pause uh, when this was happening. And then I did turn off my dating apps when all of this happened, because I was just like, I was just so grossed out. I'm like, I don't even want to participate in it. Like I needed time to like collect myself and figure out like, again, if I was going to date, did I need a Google voice number? Did I want to do that? Like what my approach would be, but fortunately I'm I'm again, matched with that person right before I turned everything off and it turned out to be someone I really like. And so I haven't had to grapple with the being back out there on dating apps, but I think I definitely would have needed a minute. I would have been back out there, but I would have needed a minute to kind of like collect myself and feel comfortable again, going back out on dates. Well, I mean, you immediately go to, cause you feel so out of control cause you, you aren't in control. These things are happening to you that you can't stop. So then you like start grasping at like, well, what can I control? What can I do? You know, and you ask yourself all those kinds of questions. So, so hopefully some of this was a little bit helpful. Yeah. I think so. All right. We need to come with some real good jokes yeah. for next week. So we're going to work Hilarious. on that. It's going to be so funny y'all. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to y'all later. Thank you. Bye. Still thirsty? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all your favorite podcasting platforms, because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.